0: If you know that for this is so crazy, right? I never, I never planned this, it just came to me. But how many of you know that? And this is one of the reasons why this series is coming this time because I see what I see everywhere, most places, and not everywhere anyway, the places that preach the real word of God. But where what I see most places, right, are people who are painting a garbage image, calling it Jesus Christ. Right. Do you ever have those paintings in your house or in your homes where they have Jesus Christ and it's like, it's, it's doing like something like this? Right? Two fingers across his chest and two fingers like peace. Have you ever seen like, and, and it's just like two fingers meaning peace and two fingers across his chest? Right. Have you seen those pictures? Yeah. First of all, that's not Jesus. Have you ever seen Jesus holding a lamb before? A picture of Jesus holding a lamb? First of all, that is not Jesus. M- majority of the image that we have painted is not even Jesus. Matter of fact, just to, sorry if I'm busting your uh, Christian bubble, but Jesus does not even have a photograph. That dude that you post every Easter is not Jesus. It's some random dude who acted a scene that people, people assume was he was a great, very great actor and then gave him, I don't know if he won any award, and they were like, you know what, let's just, let's just embrace this guy as Jesus. That's not even Jesus. Are you following everybody? And for so long, for generations now, for years now, we have heard everywhere. We have been intimated with this Jesus that, to be honest, is not Jesus. Are you following me, everybody? We have been taught, we have been shown, we have been lectured, we have been um, inculcated with this idea of a Jesus that I don't know. Are you following me now? One of, the, one of the scriptures that came to my heart as, as I was preparing for this series, and before we step into, fully into what I have today, is that scripture in, uh, uh, Ma- in Matthew chapter 7, chapter 7 and verse 21 to 23. One of them says that, he said, many shall come to me saying, Lord, Lord, in your name, I, we, did, we did this, in your name we cast out demons, in your name we set people free. And then Jesus would say to them, depart from me, you walk of iniquity. For what? I don't know you. But wait, 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 wait. What do you mean, Jesus? I did so many things in your name, not in my name. I cast out demons. Do you know that demons don't bow to any other name besides the name of Jesus? I mean, let's just give God a a, a three-second praise for all the times that the name of Jesus came through for us. Amen. Right? So, like, now, this this is so crazy. This is the height of crazy, right? That Jesus would say, they would tell Jesus, I came, we, we did this in your name, we did that in your name. And Jesus would be like, well, I heard all that. But guess what I don't know you and then that, that that behooves me us to like wonder and think well if Jesus does not know us I mean if Jesus says he does not know people who call him Lord Lord after by the way now just so you know after they called him Lord after they used his name I mean he answered right they prayed the demons would go out in his name and he answered them but at the last day He would say, well, I don't know you guys. So he tells me that uh, many people can serve the purpose of the kingdom, right? But not really serve the master of the kingdom, write that down. Are you following me now? Many people can serve the purpose of the kingdom, but not everybody can serve or not everybody serves the master of the kingdom. Amen. People can serve, the, people serve the purpose of the kingdom, right? Like Paul said in, in, in Philippians, he says, but what does it matter, right? So long as the gospel of Christ is being preached, what does it matter? Yeah, they serve the purpose of the kingdom. So the name of Jesus will be on every tongue, every tribe language will speak, the, will speak that language, Jesus, right? But the flip side of it is although they serve the purpose of the kingdom, they don't really serve the master of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. And that is why I want to uh, introduce us into this. I don't know how many weeks this is going to be. This is probably this is my last us through to Easter. Who knows? This might take us to uh, advance. Who knows? But whichever way or whichever point we 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 stop, um, our love. My my goal in this series is to show you, <coughs> excuse me, is to show you who Jesus really is. Are you following me? That's the goal. The, my goal in this series is to show you that the Jesus that you thought you knew might not be the Jesus that really is. Are you following me? We all call in the name of Jesus, but I'm, my my goal at the end of this series, even today, my goal in my sermon today is to show you that the Jesus that you thought you knew might not be the Jesus that really is. Amen now. Um, so, Savage Jesus. Everybody say Savage Jesus. This is going to be a great series. I tell you, it's a very, very dope series. It's been in my, my heart for a long time. But this title, this text, and everything came about a month ago while we're still having our... Um, I think it was still when we were having our 14 days of prayer and fasting. But this series came to me. And I know for, for a fact that God will speak to us in this series. Amen now. Okay, uh, without any much further ado, let me tell you this. Um, This series would question what you know and how much you really know about about that person named Jesus. Right? It would question what you know and how much you know. You know how, you know how much I know that people don't really know Jesus? Whenever I see someone gets very defensive, right? When someone who probably doesn't even know Jesus, asks a question that might be controversial about Jesus, when people get very offended, like you're offended for Jesus, I don't like just, it doesn't make any sense. Why would you be offended? Someone for example says um, something about Jesus that maybe Jesus okay okay for example there are so many theories about Jesus right there's the da Vinci code the book that said that Jesus got married to Mary uh, sorry uh, to Mary Mary Magdalene imagine someone tell you that your Jesus got married to Mary Magdalene what do you do you freak out you start swearing start using cut words and your papa and and then you're bringing their father and their mother into the conversation like and all they want is enlightenment but the only reason you are defensive Whenever I see people, Christians get really defensive and they get into arguments, senseless arguments, it tells me that they don't really know God. Because if you really know Jesus, first of all, you will understand that, first of all, Jesus is big enough to defend himself. That's number one. Number two, Jesus is bigger than a controversy. Number three, this person just does not know him. Amen. And so this question, this series would question just how much you think you know about the man called Jesus. Everybody say the name, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean. Say Jesus. Jesus. If this is how we want to call Jesus for him to rescue us, I don't think we are serious enough. Say Jesus. Jesus. Let your Jesus be louder than the forces of hell. Come on, say Jesus. Jesus. One more time, let your voices be loud under the forces of darkness that is trying to interrupt our service today. Say, Jesus! Jesus! Exactly, exactly. Now that is the energy I'm talking about. Um, Today, the very first point, the very first thing I'll be talking about from from the book of Mark. If you have your Bibles, please open it right now. The book of Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 and from verse 45. Mark chapter 6 and from verse 45, Mark chapter 6 and from verse what? 45. It says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethesda, Bethesda, sorry, while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up a mountainside to pray. Later that night, verse 47, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on the land. For, for the end, he saw the disciples straining at the oars, because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried, they cried out, because they saw, they all saw him and they were what terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, "Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid." Then he climbed into the boats with them and the wind died down. And he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. He climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. Amen. Today, uh, all of us should just stand for stand for a few seconds. Let's just let's pray in honor God's word that we have just received. Today, uh, the title of my sermon today, if you are writing, if you are taking notes, the title of my sermon today is Jesus Walks. Everybody say, Jesus Walks. Jesus walks. Everybody say, Jesus Walks. Jesus Walks. <clears throat> so Father God, we thank you. For your word is pure, your word is true, it is all-powerful. And in you, God, we have the fullness of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And through your word, God, we access the will of the Father, through His Son, made available and known to us by His Holy Spirit. Father God, we receive your word today. We exalt you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and Amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated in God's presence. Jesus walks. Um, I love I love this title so much because somehow we just, just kind of like got an idea of what my sermon is going to be, right? Jesus walks. I mean, the text just literally said He walked on water, right? So Jesus Walks, uh, I love that title so much, Jesus Walks, it reminds me of the song, this is not my sermon anyway, it reminds me of that song, I don't know, I can't remember the name of the choir, or uh, that song, is, it's, it's making, it made raves during the lockdown, Waiting in the water, wade in the water, children. Um, anyway, that's not my sermon anyway. Jesus Walks is, uh, let me tell you something, first of all, if you think you know what the sermon is about, how Jesus walks, and somewhere in this sermon, you're expecting me to teach you seven ways to walk on water. I'm sorry, uh you're in the wrong church. Because we don't we don't levitate over here. Uh that is a that's something led for uh David Blaine and the other magicians. We don't levitate, so I will not teach you how to walk on water. Uh but we're also not looking at a literal thing. Jesus walks. We'll be looking at something deeper. Amen now. So every sermon in this, every sermon in this series will be Jesus does something. Jesus does something. And the first action we're looking at is Jesus' walks. Because the goal of this entire series is to capture something that Jesus does that is out of the ordinary, that takes us to a higher level or realm of understanding of who he is. Amen now. So now, uh, what we just read now says that, and immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and told them to go to the other side of uh, the sea, that's to the other side of the lake, which is, uh, which is going to be a uh, uh, Bethsaida? Beth- 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 Amen. Now, but you know the crazy thing I first saw in that text. That, I don't know. It was the last thing I saw. The very first I'm about to say now it was the last thing I saw when I was reading this text, and it was last night. It was the Bible says that Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. Now, what I find to be so crazy about this text is that although it says Jesus made. Some of us, we just skip and we just rush past it. We don't understand what it means for Jesus to make his disciples get in the boat. What does it mean? It means Jesus commanded his disciples to get in the boat. So the very first savage thing about Jesus, which I know you hate so much, is Jesus' commands. And why do we hate it? Because I know not only me, but all of us hate being told what to do. Right? You hate being told what to do. Clean the. Clean, okay, go wash the dishes. Why did you say it? I already had it in mind. Now that you said it, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> right? Go, don't do this. You should not have said it. I had it in mind. The moment you said it, now nah, it doesn't. Because it feels like my ego is just, you know, I've just been bruised a little bit. I, I was told what to do. We don't like being told what to do. But if you are going to ever walk with this man called Jesus, now God, right? It's always been God anyway. But if you're going to be able to walk with Jesus, you're going to have to first be ready for him to command you. Bible says he made them get into the boat. Anyway, does, this, does this remind you of any other scripture in the Bible? Just a little, a little psalm that is so famous, that everybody knows it. Psalms 23 says what? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He what? Makes me lie down. You know, it's one thing for God to tell you to lie down. It's another thing for Him to make you lie down. Mm -hmm. It's one thing for God to tell you to rest, it's another thing for Him to bring you to rest. Mm -hmm. Are you following me now? We're talking about Sabbath Jesus, right? But if we're going to ever really know this Jesus, we have to first understand that He commands. Are you following me now? Jesus what? Commands. Now, the peculiarity of this text that we've just read that has called my attention to it is, you know, right after, now this text we have just read, to give you guys context, because I love context, I'm, I'm big on context, to give you guys, con- to give us context about what we just read, Mark 45 is actually a very, I mean, I'm uh, sorry, Mark 6 rather, it's actually a very large chapter, right? It has sort of, yeah, about three stories inside of it. But the story before the story, right, is literally the story of Jesus multiplying bread. Mm -hmm. Know the story, right? The feeding of how many? Five thousand. Scholars say it's about twenty thousand. That's because the Bible only said five thousand men, minus women and children. So plus women and children, thought it would be like averaging like ten thousand to twenty thousand people that Jesus fed. With how many loaves? Five loaves and just two fish. I follow. And so Jesus fed a multitude with just a few loaves of bread and right after that jesus tells the disciples go to the other side i'll meet you there and then he goes up to pray and then bible says that uh, at a certain hour of the night right it was about the fourth watch of the night which is uh, about three to six in the morning right three to six in the morning bible said that the disciples were stuck right? They were stuck in a little storm that they encountered. Are you following me, everybody? The disciples were stuck in the storm. But one thing I found to find to be very interesting, or found to be interesting in this text is that the Bible says that uh, Jesus saw the disciples finding it hard to row their boats. Are you following me now? Mm-hmm. Now, two things. Two things uh, uh, amused me in that text. And the first was this. Bible says that Jesus saw them. Now if this indeed happened at the fourth watch, of, fourth watch of the night, which is around 3 to 6 a.m. in the morning, how did Jesus see them? Because it is always dark, it's, it's darkest before dawn, right? You cannot see because heavy darkness, that's the, that's the time of heavy darkness, around 3 to 6 in the morning, it's super dark. But how did Jesus see them? Two things come to mind every time I read that. Number one, it's a miracle. That even in the darkest times, Jesus still sees us. Even when it's super dark, we feel like nobody sees us. We're so invisible. The struggle is personal. Nobody sees us. Nobody notices us. Nobody understands us. Even in that moment, are you following me now? Even in that moment, Jesus sees. The Bible says that Jesus saw the disciples struggling. But do you know what flipped me out about this entire text? I know that the idea of Jesus walks that you have in your head now is how Jesus gallantly walked on water. But that's not the emphasis of my text today. It's the fact that even though Jesus saw his disciples struggling in the middle of the boat. Do you know one crazy thing? Now, I don't, like I said, I don't know how this happened. But if Jesus saw his disciples struggling, there was no record that he answered them immediately. Right? So now, I said the first one is he probably saw them at around three. Right? The second time, second thing might have been that uh, he saw them when they started struggling. say around twelve at night, in the middle of the night. So if Jesus saw them, his disciples struggling at twelve in the middle of the night, there was no record. No, wait, wait. This is crazy. If he saw his disciples struggling at twelve midnight, he waited some extra hours. (laughs) Are you following me? Yeah if jesus saw okay now let's let's even go with with idea number one right he saw them at around three even though jesus saw his disciples struggling there is no record in the text this is my physical bible here there is no record in the text that jesus ran i mean think about it right i want god to run to help me yeah i want god to to sweep in like Arnold schwarzenegger right just kick down the door boom like commando style and come and save is is his, 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 his uh, damsel in distress. Right? But there is no record in that text in Mark 6 45 there about that Jesus ran. Instead, it says what? It says Jesus what walked. Why would you walk when you see the disciples in trouble? Are you following me, everybody? This is making sense. Jesus never ran to save his disciples. He saw them from a distance. And he saw them and was like, ah, oh, there's naughty children. They are probably, they suck again, they, they need my help again. They always, do, they always need my help. Uh, let me quickly go and help them. But never in the text did the disciples see Jesus running. I mean, the idea that even the culture has painted us is Jesus runs, right? He runs. I know we I know we sing this song and don't get me wrong I have nothing against the song I believe every word every line in this song is correct it says there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up running after me right but the truth is there is no word there is no such thing in this text as Jesus running there is no evidence that Jesus ever ran. Now, I don't, because I mean, I mean, okay, Jesus, first of all, Jesus was a carpenter, right? He was a carpenter's son, so he was carpenter. So, I believe he was, he was kind of fixed, right? He probably walked out at some point, you know, gym and stuff like that. But I don't think Jesus loved cardio. Jesus didn't like cardio. I don't like cardio. So, I me and Jesus, we are very much alike. Jogging and running, that's not Jesus' thing. Jesus never ran. All he had to do was what? Walk. But you know, One thing that encouraged me about this is, first of all, Jesus saw his disciples struggling. Are you following everybody? So the first thing that I'm encouraged with is this. Jesus, listen, the first characteristic of Jesus, listen, he sees. Are you following me now? Jesus sees. But do you know the thin that encourages me even more about Jesus, that makes Jesus really savage for me, right? Okay. It's that, although Jesus sees, his response is always different. Jesus always has a different response. This is the reason Jesus was never anxious. There is no part of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the entire gospels that spoke about jesus that ever or the other apostles who wrote epistles about jesus there is no record that jesus was ever anxious but look at this jesus only had three and a half years to walk on this earth and do his ministry jesus only had three and a half years to prove that he is jesus if i was jesus my feet will not touch the ground. I'm on Uber planes, Uber boats, Uber cars, Uber everything, Uber bicycles, Uber it's Uber everything. Does it make any sense? If I were Jesus, I would be panicking. That I don't have enough time. But there was no record that Jesus was anxious. Why? See, it was because his response was different. All the time. Are you following me now? Jesus responded. Jesus, sorry, Jesus responded differently every time, and that was why he was never anxious. He is making sense, everybody? Jesus responded differently, which was why he was never anxious. I'm introducing us to a Jesus that is probably different from the one that we have in our heads, because our normal response to trouble is what panic. Scientists say that our normal, our natural response to, to uh, fear is two of these things, fight or flight. <laughs> you fight it or you run from it. But there is no record in the entire Bible that Jesus ever had to do any of these two things. Yes, I know because he is God. Yes, he is God. Yes, he is God. He's good. Yeah, I understand that. But that's not all. Could he have been that the only reason he responded different was because he saw something different. Amen. And so, I love how the Amplified Translation actually has uh, that verse of, uh, that's verse 48 of that scripture. I love how the Amplified Version has it. It says this. It says that Jesus saw them troubled and tormented. He saw them troubled and tormented. Troubled, another word for troubled, is disturbed another word for troubled is anxious so jesus saw his his disciples troubled that's disturbed and anxious and tormented another word for tormented listen to this pushed back number second second word under attack how many of you have felt in the last say one month just to extend to extend the span let's say uh, someone here has been enjoying god all this month so let's just extend it one month right how many of you over the last one month have felt at under attack by the enemy? You felt the enemy attack your progress. Right? You are, and how do you feel? Just so nobody feels like, uh, it's not about just dreaming and seeing which is in your dream or something, whatever. Sometimes it's just your peace being troubled. You're under attack. Right? Your confidence, you're not feeling very confident. You're, you're, you feel like fear is attacking your heart. That's under attack. You don't believe the things that you would normally believe about yourself, that God spoke over you. That's another attack. So many of you, let me ask you again. So I believe now the, the land, is, the, the ground is even, right? How many of you over the last one month have felt under attack? So type away. Thank you. Amen. J-j-j drop your hands. Now, the beautiful thing about this text that... I dare say confuses me, not, not, not deeply, but confuses me or just puts me in a, in a kind of way or puts me kind of in, in a place is, although Jesus saw that his disciples were under attack, but there was no record of Jesus running to them, Bible says he walked, he walked, amen now. So he walked, that means that's another way of saying he decided to show up late. Because Jesus could have shown up showed up the moment the disciples needed him. like we paint Jesus as uh, you know, that have you ever seen an an overbearing parent before? like I, I love I love parenting, the idea of parenting, but you see one thing I hate because I, I, I taught some I'm little kids one time, one thing I hate the most. Is parents being overly concerned about your children? Of course, be concerned about your kids. Of course, you love them. I know you bore your child in your womb for nine months. I understand, but you know wait, you're like always, you're always checking. You know, like you're always like, well, "Are you okay?" Your child cannot even stand in peace, fall in peace, learn in peace, learn to walk because every time your child, your child uh, tries to walk, you're there to carry your child. But Jesus is not like that. Jesus is not an overbearing parent. Are you following me now? He understands that in life, there comes a time in life where an eagle has to drop our eaglets midhead so they can learn how to fly. Yes. Jesus understands that sometimes he has to drop us in the middle of the storm so we can exercise faith. You mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. understand that sometimes some things have to happen to us so we can understand the power in the name of Jesus. Are you following everybody? Yes, sir. But then, why show up late, Jesus? <laughs> why show up late, Jesus? And um, this, this reminds me of. A text that I love. To be honest, I love this text so much, and I preached from it. I can't count how many times. I remember preaching a sermon from it about this time last year. And the text—not uh, uh, the title of my sermon, sorry. Uh, the text is Book of John, chapter eleven. Right? John chapter eleven is a very, is a very famous text. You must have heard John eleven thirty-five. Right? Jesus wept. Right? I probably get to that one of these weeks. But John thirty—John eleven <laughs> speaks to me in a certain way. I read from King James, right? It says, Now a certain man was sick. His name was what? Lazarus of Bethany. The town of Mary and Martha. Now it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now, Lazarus' sisters, that is is Martha and Mary, Martha and Mary sent a message to Jesus saying, Lord, behold, the one whom you love, is dying is sick and is about to die he is dying come quickly right <laughs> but do you know what OG Jesus did he stayed two more days why <laughs> come on like why stay two more days and and, and, do you, and do you know the craziest part the craziest part of this text is not until when you read verse uh where, where is it verse 5. Now he says this, now, everybody say now. Now. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved Martha, Mary and Lazarus and still he chose to wait how many more days? Two Two more days. Why wait two extra days if you could just simply go there on time? Are you following me everybody? And, and do you know the craziest part? Jesus waited two extra days. Now the journey between uh, Bethany and Judea is about three kilometers. And do you know the craziest part again? Jesus walked there. The least he could have done was lend a horse. I mean, I mean, there were no cars back then. Like, the least Jesus could have done was what? Rent a horse. whoa a horse? Like, come on now. I, I, I mean, just rent a horse jesus for the sake of those whom you love rent a horse no he still walks there why would jesus leave martha and mary on red for two days (laughs) and i hate for i don't know about you but i hate being left on red right it disgusts me you know like being left on red is annoying how many of you disagree Right, texting someone and they leave you, they they open your they they open your message and they don't see anything back in response. It annoys me. So Jesus left Martha and Mary unread. He didn't respond to their message. He didn't respond when they wanted him to. He waited two more days and still he walks to Bethany. Right? The least he could have done was just. So, Peter, Peter, uh, just go to X, Y, and Z location. You see a fine horse. It's the finest. It's one of the finest horses. It's called a stallion. It's very fast. This would get me to Bethany in in a very short number of hours or minutes. The least he could have done was that. But instead, he stayed two more days. But do you know the beautiful thing about it? Is that just because Jesus stayed two more days before he visited Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, does not mean he had not seen Lazarus long before he fell ill. Are you following me now? Jesus saw Lazarus long before he even fell ill. Jesus already knew. Long before the disciples got caught in a storm, guess what? Jesus already knew. Are you following Jesus already knew. Long before you ever got into that storm, guess what? He already knew. So the storm, though it is new to you, is not new to him. Are you following me now? The problem, though new for you, was not or is not new to him. But Jesus has a gangster way, right? of just staying a little bit longer. And then the question on our minds would be why wait when you could just sweep in to save immediately? Why wait? Because even I don't know if this revelation is getting across to us. Jesus doesn't run. <laughs> Jesus walks. Not only did he walk on water, he walked to meet his disciples. But of course, we glorify walking on water because it's a, it's a major thing. Nobody's ever done that. The only two people in, the, in history that ever did it, Jesus and Peter. One of them sank. Expo, it wasn't Jesus. Right? So Jesus and Peter were the only ones that ever walked on water. That's a miracle. But Jesus could have, number one, gotten there earlier than that. Lazarus was ill. Jesus could have gotten there earlier than that. Because by the time Jesus, had got, by the time Jesus got to Bethany, he learned that Lazarus had been dead how many days? Four days. Now, his body was already would have, would have started to stink in the tomb. But why did he show up late? Are you following me now? I don't know if you've ever felt like Jesus shows up late sometimes. Like, are some prayers that you have or that you have prayed and it just feels like he is not showing up early. Right? Like you expected. Like, you know that trend trend that happened one time? What I expected versus what I got. What I expect sometimes is this really beautiful Korean Jesus with 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 you know silk hair is running you know and you know, and then this this background tune somebody say me oh like Clark Kent's in Smallville right that's the, that's the only line i know in that song I do not know really after whom the rest right what we expect is Jesus to just you know for Jesus to just you know like Clark Kent just hear from a mile away right and, or, or, or you know this this Chaliput song right that what's that song again? Uh, Superman has got nothing on me. I'm only one call away, right? I would sweep in whenever he... We want Jesus to be like that. And don't get me wrong. Don't get... This is not me saying Jesus does not care about our needs. This is not me saying Jesus is not broken by the things that break us. This is not me saying Jesus is not afflicted by the same things, was not affected by the same things that afflict us now. This is not me saying that we do no longer have a high priest who is uh, aware of our, trans, uh, our, our um, infirmities. We have, we do, we have a high, we have someone who let down all his glory in heaven and stepped down to become flesh like you and I, we have someone who relates with our pain, we have someone who knows the feeling, amen, Amen. we have someone who knows what it feels like to be under attack, we have someone who knows what it feels like to be under some type of pressure, we have somebody who, who knows what it feels like to... The Bible says, it was tested in every way. But it did not sin. So Jesus knows what it means to feel temptation. But what is crazy... is his response. Amen now. Amen. It might sound like he's wicked. But I, try, I, I tell you this. By the end of my sermon, you will understand that he is not wicked. He's intentional. Everybody say he's intentional. intentional. Not, wicked. not wicked. He's intentional. intentional. Not, wicked. not wicked. So let me tell you the reason Jesus shows up late. But let me tell you this. This is crazy. I must not forget this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Although Jesus shows up late, is it not crazy that he always is on time? Mm-hmm. Sure. In the entire Gospels, there is no record. Even though Jesus had to walk from point, from point A to point B, to point Z, there is no response, There is no record, rather, that Jesus, oh, you just missed him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, you, just, you wanted to come and meet this person, you just missed him. There is no record in the entire Bible that Jesus ever missed the person he was going to. Mm-hmm. Even though he was walking. So even though he was always walking, somehow, he was always on time. So when you are frustrated that God is not answering a prayer how you want him to, you better throw that frustration away. Because the frustration comes from an expectation that he will do it the way you want him to. So the way to handle your frustration sometimes is throw away your expectation. Right? Because if he will do it, guess, guess what? He will do it his own way. His own time. Amen now. Amen. Jesus is always on time. Are you following me everybody? Yes, yes, sir. Why have I said all this? Jesus shows up late but always on time because number one, he wants to bring us to the end of ourselves. You know another thing that makes me know that Jesus is a big savage? is how Jesus deals with our pride. Are you following me, everybody? The way Jesus deals with our pride sometimes, uh, this might sound callous, but it is not, trust me, it is not. If you understand Jesus, you will understand this is not callous. Jesus would give you a promise, for example. Right? I would make you the father of all nations. Right? Or better still, uh, I'll make you a king and all your brothers will come and bow before you. God will make you a promise, but you see, the problem is not with the promise He makes you; it's the timing of its fulfillment. If anything has ever made anybody give up on God, it's usually when it's usually the time that God decides to show up, right? Because He almost never shows up when you want Him to. Where was when was God when Peter? Sorry, when Joseph got sold by his brothers? Where was God when Joseph was sold to Potiphar's house? Where was God when Joseph was lied against by Potiphar's wife? Where was God when Joseph was thrown into Pharaoh's jail? Are you following me now? Where was God when Abraham was waiting for a child? When Abraham picked his, his, his uh, uh, wife's servant, Agar, right? And had a child with her. Where was God? Was he not there? Oh, he was. But you see in that space he would use that space to walk in you I had a conversation with with a young man of God he's a great guy he said he, this, is, this is a paraphrase this is well, I'm just saying he said this uh, this is no original um God deals with the I factor in you first before he ever gives you anything he has promised you what am I saying Joseph said oh i saw all my brothers come and bow to me right and so somehow there was the factor of pride in joseph's conversations or speech it was about him 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 but the time god had dealt with joseph enough in pharaoh's jail in genesis 50 bible says you meant this for evil but god meant it for good are you following me And so, sometimes when it feels like God is showing up late, it's because he wants to bring you to the end of yourself. Because when he's able to stretch you, right, you start to see that you're not as good as you think you are. Right? You're not as perfect as you have thought yourself to be. You think your skills can give you half of the things God wants to give you? When God stretches you enough, when you are slapped by frustration in the face, like you are literally drinking frustration in the morning, frustration in the afternoon, frustration at night, then you understand, Jesus, take the wheel. Are you following me? So how God brings us to that surrender is it brings us to the end of ourselves. The disciples did not know how much they needed Jesus until a storm came and met them halfway. Are you following me now? Yes, sir. But another thing, before I tell you the second thing that blows my mind about why Jesus shows up late, right? It's this um, verse 48 of that, but that, uh, Luke, uh, sorry, Mark, rather. It's, I'm telling you, see, listen, if you read the Bible, you will see some things in there that would scare you. I'm telling you. If nothing ever really scares you, then you're not reading the Bible. What you're reading is a novel. You're reading a William Shakespeare series. You're not, reading, you're not reading the Bible. Because verse 48 says this. Let me read it for you. Um, where's it? Good. It says that, let me here. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he, comes to, he came to them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. Wait, what? Uh pastor what now? He would have what? Jesus would have literally just ignored them. Uh-huh. Now, I did my research. There's so many assumptions as to what Ma- uh, Mark, the writer of this book, meant by that little phrase he added. This is the only, this is the only uh, uh, record that has that word, those words in it. That he would have passed by them. We what now? So, Jesus literally was walking, first of all, he's late. Right? I mean, first of all, he's late. Right? Jesus was expecting you to show up on time, but you did not. And then, he literally was about to walk past them. The different ideas, one of the ideas that I found, or school of thought, on this idea or in this verse, or that phrase is, Jesus would have walked past them. But because you know, this popular phrase, you don't even heard it before, or quotes that Jesus never goes uninvited. No, no, no. Did, did you get that? Yes. Jesus never goes uninvited. Yes, there is no place in the text that he called for his help. And <laughs> this is so good. We can have, and an, an, I just really hope. This makes, this puts a reverential fear of Jesus in your heart, right? And makes you laugh when you think of Jesus. Because you see, Jesus, first of all, like I, said, I said long before the disciples ever even got into the storm, He already saw them. Yes. He is God, right? Isn't it? Yes. He already saw them. But why did He go late? I said the first is He wanted to bring them to the end of themselves. Right? and then Bible says he almost walked past them so the first school of thought says the reason is because he doesn't go uninvited the disciples did not call for his help are you following everybody? so maybe now this is crazy and this is not just maybe this is true because I know this about myself majority of the time when I'm anxious I'm angry that God is not moving when in the real sense I never really called on him It is very much easy for us to drift into worry when we forget to worship. We find it very easy to to be uh, burdened and cumbered with all manner and sort of cares of this world and life because we forget to call on God. Most of us the only thing we say we pray But all we really did. This is good. This is crazy. And this is a good example. I was was speaking with a pastor friend in December. I was with him. And then he said, he said said there's a kind of frustration that would hold you, that you would stay hours in prayer, and hours later you discover that you never really said anything you were thinking all through. You spent the last two hours thinking, (laughs) and your eyes were closed. And what we we encourage ourselves with is, is, I'm I'm inviting Jesus into my thoughts. I'm inviting you into the affairs of my mind. But really, all you ever really did was compound the problem. You never really called on God. Amen. Amen. But you see, and this leads me to the very second reason Jesus shows up late. Second reason Jesus shows up late is this. I, I prayed about this sermon and I don't care if it's good or not. What I pray is that you would leave this place today with this second thing. The second thing Jesus did, was uh, why He shows up late rather, is because He wants to give us a new revelation of Himself. Are you following me? Jesus wants to give us a new revelation of Himself. Does it make any sense? He wants to give us a new what? Revelation of Himself. Now go back to that book of, that, that book of John. Right. John chapter 11. There's something I want to show you in that book of John where we read. of 11 and in verse 25. Jesus said unto who? her. Her in this case is Martha. Jesus spoke unto Martha and he said this. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he was dead, he yet shall live. Now, why am I, why am I quoting this? Jesus is given... A rev- a re- Jesus was, used the avenue of dead Lazarus to give Martha and Mary a new revelation of who He is, because they've only always seen Jesus as savior, I mean or as, as you know the righteous lamb, as master, rabbi, the teacher. He taught them the law, He, he expounded, he, 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 he did all the signs and wonders, He healed the sick, you know. But they had never really seen him raise the dead. Why? Because only... Because Now, remember context, right? Situational context. The people in this context or story, or Hebrew people, they are Jews, right? They believe in God. And so they know that the only person who can raise the dead is who? Come on, Jesus Christ. God. The only person who can raise the dead is who? God. And so they... Jesus now is telling them that I am the resurrection and the life. I can raise the dead. Which means I am God. And so he used his delay to show them that he is God. Because guess what? Moses could have healed the sick too. A random prophet could have done that. But not just anybody can raise the dead. Not just anybody can speak life into what was and tell it to come alive. Not just anybody can do that, except God. I follow me, everybody. Only God could speak life into dead matter and tell it rise up. But you see, Martha and Mary—they they, they did not know this Jesus. They have never met this version of Jesus before. This version of Jesus is new to them. Who is this Jesus? Jesus that. Raises the dead. We've never, we've walked with him, we've fed him, but we've never really met him. Do you get that? We've fed him, we've walked with him, we have never really met him. The point of this series is that you would meet him. Amen. Amen. That you would meet the real Jesus and not just the one. The fancy Jesus, the cute guy on your Instagram page, you know, who, you know, you know, you know Jesus has a Twitter account now. Like, there's a, there's a Twitter account with Jesus on there, on there, you know, and says, and he's always posting nice scriptures, right? That I love you, I'm always here for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you see how even culture has printed Jesus as this dude who we go to, like an ATM, like, like an ATM, right? We go to the ATM every time we're out of cash. I mean, of course not now, because there's no even cash in the ATM. But like, we, all, we go to the ATM when we need cash. We need some, some top-up on the funds that we got with us, right? We're out of grace. We go to Jesus, right? Because we, 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 we think of, although we say Jesus is the Lord, but we don't really see him as God. Are you following? We don't really see Jesus as, oh, crap, this is God. The, Martha and Mary did not know that the man they walked with The man that he fed, the man Martha literally uh, uh, bugged the other day, telling him, Jesus, why is Mary sitting here? Tell Mary to get up and go and help me in the kitchen. The man she literally spoke with was God. Now, just to give everybody some uh, cultural context, I I, I think I've seen a movie like that where, um, I I, I hate doing this, but because everybody's looking at me like I'm speaking Chinese now, I'm just going to do it. You've seen movies like this where uh, a, a rich man disguises as a poor man yeah. just so he can get someone's attention, right? Yeah. And then, then, and then, okay, okay. The the, the, the story, the movie that comes to my head, and this is crazy. I don't know. This is so. I don't know. I just come to my. Head. The movie that comes to my mind is Three Idiots. How they never knew, you know that guy like yeah. uh, Fonsuk Wanguru? Fonsuk Wanguru? Yeah. And he and does not know that Mr. Funsuk Wanguru was Rancho from back in school. Yeah. Now, are you getting this? Now, this is. You know this. I mean, the levels to this, or I mean, the disparity is so wide. But I'm using this physical, something we can relate with better, to paint this picture. The Mary and Martha walked with Jesus for so long, but even they did not know that He is not just Jesus, the one that heals the sick. He is Jesus, God, who can raise the dead. Yes. Are you following me now? Yes, sir. And so the second reason it feels like God shows up late. You pray to God. It feels like he's not answering your time. You wait on God. It feels like he's delaying. You're waiting for stuff. Some, some people are waiting. How many of you? Okay, just trust uh, truthfully. I just want us to be truthful now. You don't have to tell me what it is. Uh, I mean, you save it. But if you know that you're waiting, for, you're waiting on God for a particular thing. Let me just see your hand. You're waiting on something. Thank you. God, God bless you. Drop your hands. Now, we all are waiting on something. But do you know the thing that interests me is that God could have given us the thing we wanted the moment we asked for it. He's not scared, he's not, uh, uh, what's the word now? Frightened by our requests. Jesus is never like, um, I don't know, what do, you, what do you want for Christmas? Let's say, for, what do you want for Christmas? Um, I want this. I think about it. Um, angels, what do we sell in heaven to get this girl this Never anything like that. Jesus is not scared of our desires. He's not frightened by our requests. But you see, why does he delay before he responds to us? Usually, it's not a God problem. It's our own inability to see God in his fullness. So when God delays, it's so he can give us a what? New revelation of who he is. And so to Mary and Martha, he reveals himself as God. But not just that. Let's go back to our our, our emphasis scripture, right? In Mark 6. Now to the disciples, the disciples who walked with him this three and a half years. The disciples, in, in Mark 6, verse, verse 61 and 52, I want to show you something. After he stepped into the boat, he said, um, Bible says, and, they were, and he went to them to the sheep, and the wind ceased, and they were what? So amazed in themselves, beyond measure, and they wondered. Now listen, now verse 52 explains this. For they did not consider the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was what? Hardened. I Are you following me now? You see, the problem with the disciples in this text was, like, like I said, before this entire uh, boat scenario, right? This, you know, Titanic, oh, Jack, and Jay, and, and what's the other girl, Kate, we're about to die. There's no, I mean, storms are crazy. Before this happened, they literally broke bread. Five loaves. I, that's why I gave. That's why I love context so much. Five loaves of bread fed five thousand people. Scholars say about twenty thousand people were fed by just five loaves. But even then, the disciples did not know. Are you Are you following? It is, and, and you see, for those of us that are being used, are, are being used, or have been used by God in any way and capacity it's sad that we are usually the last to know how good and how great God is. Because most of the time, we are not recipients. It doesn't make any sense. We are, because now the Bible says the disciples kept going to Jesus, he would break the bread and give to them and they'll go back to feed. You break bread, give them. And it was as he was breaking the bread, that the bread kept multiplying. But they did not know that. And, and I, I don't know, and for some reason they were not awaking to the fact that oh my god how did five loaves just feed about twenty thousand people living about how many baskets full 12 baskets full of broken bread how was it possible they did not stop to think that this can only be god sometimes the only cure to your frustration is for you to just stop and think That the only reason I am standing where I am standing today can only be God. The only reason that I have all that I have, even though I do not yet have this thing that I am praying to have, but the only reason I have every other thing that I have today is not because I am good or perfect or faithful. It's because someone stayed as God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you following me, everybody? Yes, sir. And so the reason God shows up late, the first is what? to bring us to the end of ourselves. The second reason is what is to give us a new revelation of himself. which takes me back to that verse 48? It says, it was about to pass them by, which is crazy. Why would Jesus almost pass by his disciples when he knew, when he knew that he needed his help? I mean, I've always wondered why would we could be in an assembly like this, right? We're singing one great song. And God is moving. But not everybody is experiencing Him. Mm-hmm. God is present. But not everybody experiences Him. And you know what is craziest? Oh, craziest. <laughs> I've said so many crazy in this sermon. You know what is craziest? It's that the person or the people who don't even know God are usually the ones who experience Him more. Why? Because some of us, you see, we, we get so used to God, we get familiar, that's the word, we get familiar with God. That's, what it, that's, what, that's the problem with the disciples, you guys get it. They got so familiar with Christ Jesus, they did not know he was God. So they were dazed when they saw him walking on water. What do you expect God to do? Do you expect God to like, like swim exactly? Like swim to the boat and like, how you swam so so far? Man, what do you expect, man? Like I'm I'm, I'm an Olympic swimmer. No. And so they were shocked when they saw God do that. But you see, when you have a new revelation of God, somehow it gives you this new confidence. And the way you're able to approach matters changes. Because now the thing that's supposed to cause anxiety in your heart makes you even feel more peace. Yeah. Because then now you, now you have this revelation that if there is no storm, yes. there will be no Prince of Peace. Yes, yes, yes. And then you have this renewed revelation. Oh, the reason there's a storm is because I've got a Prince of Peace. Yes, sir. The reason I am broke, huh, listen, I, now this is the one I'll touch everybody. The reason I am broke is because there's someone who's called Jaira. Yeah. provider, yeah. And now, listen, okay, thank, yeah, yeah. Provider, yeah. But do you know the first meaning of the word Jaira? It means the one who sees. And the very first thing that verse tells us in verse 48 of Mark 6 is that Jesus saw And so Mark now is writing this story in hindsight. Now understands that the power of Jesus is not limited in any way. Are you following me now? The power of Jesus is not in any way limited. He can do all things. He can do everything. Amen. But still, why was Jesus? Why did Jesus almost pass them by? Now, like I said, context, right? These guys are Hebrew guys. They have learned the law, the prophets. They understand all that, and so they must have remembered in that moment. Because now I want to show you something. And this, I told you, there's so many school of thought surrounding why Jesus walked past his disciples. But this one I'm about to show you is the one I accept. And it's in the book of Exodus verse 33, and verse 21 and 22. You can just go there or you can just write it down. It's when Jesus, now God is talking to Moses in this place. Moses is on the mountain and then God says, hide yourself behind a rock. Because I will what? Pass by you. Are you following me? It says, hide, God told Moses, hide yourself by the rock, behind the rock while I pass by. And so now, like I said, these guys are Hebrew guys, right? And so if anything, their mind would have gone back to this story. Wait! Our great, 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 great leader, Moses, also experienced God in a similar way. So I actually thought initially that God almost, Jesus almost walking past them meant he ignored them. But actually that is not the truth. What is the truth? is that he used that to tell them that he is bigger than they have always seen him to be. That he is someone greater. You know who is is? The God that they've always known. It doesn't make any sense. That now Jesus literally is putting side by side, Exodus chapter 33 that we just read now. And Mark 6, I will pass by you, Moses. I will pass by you, disciples. And do you know, the part that flipped me the most is the fact that the disciples thought he was a ghost. Because, I mean if you agree with me, men don't walk on water, ghosts do. I mean, as Peter, Peter walked on water and then he sank at some point. But only because God empowered him to walk by the way. But you know that men don't walk on water, we can't. I mean, biologically, physically, we cannot walk on water, we sink. Right? I'm not saying you listen to this sermon and say, Oh pastor, I might not preach today, Jesus walks and then go on, that you pour water in your bathtub and you try to walk in it. You would only, I just pray you don't even break your neck. Right? Because uh, Jesus walks on water. But you see, the, the thing I want to show you is this. Christ revealed himself to his disciples as God and ghost. The disciples thought, Oh my God, it's a ghost! And Jesus was like, hey, calm down. It is I. Actually, the word there is, I am. The same word he told Moses in uh, Exodus 3. He said, when Moses asked him, what do I tell the people who you're sending me to? Who do I tell them sent me? And God told him, tell him, I am sent you. And so when the disciples were very, you know, they were very scared, they were frightened. And they were like, ah, it's a ghost. It's like, yo, chill out. It is I. I am. Are you following me, everybody? So what am I saying? What am I saying? What am I saying? I'll oh, get out. I'll, I'll, I'll soon leave here so everybody can just get on with your day and your life, whatever. What am I saying? The first way to really encounter the real Jesus, right? Is to get a new revelation of him. Are you following me everybody? Yes. Is to get what? A new revelation of him. Who is jesus a man who had only three and a half years to do his ministry but he never rode any i mean jesus is god for crying out loud pharaoh's horses oh okay not even pharaoh let's talk about herod's horses do not compare to angels that could carry this man on his wings jesus could have flown right i mean jesus can time travel literally bring a Tesla from 2023 back to that time and be the only one riding a Tesla. Right? He could have done that. But there is no record whatsoever that Jesus ever did any other thing except walk. He never ran. As a matter of fact, the only time Jesus ever rode anything, he didn't ride a horse. He rode a donkey. Do you know how slow those things are? Right? And, and, and but the crazy thing is, it's, Jesus still was able to fulfill his purpose never anxious, never out of time. He was always on time, He was always at peace. So something, this behooves us into, to, to wonder, how does he do it? How can I not be afraid that I am losing time? I don't have enough time. You know, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough, I don't have enough. I don't have enough people to be able to achieve this goal. I don't have enough, any of these things. How would I do it? How would I survive? I'm in a storm. How would I make it through to the other side? Jesus was always able to respond differently because he saw differently. The first thing he told his disciples is, let's go over to the other side. Amen. If they were not, if if the disciples were never going to get to the other side, He wouldn't have sent them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If God was never going to fulfill the promise He made to you, He wouldn't have told you. But now here you are thinking, time has passed. If only you understood that the one who made the promise (laughs) might walk on water might come four days after Lazarus has been dead and gone and buried tomb sealed but he is still the resurrection. Yes, sir. He is still life. Amen. Let's Amen. Amen. be on our feet everybody. Woo. So in this series Savage Jesus the first thing we are learning is that Jesus Walks. The pastor once called it the pace of grace. Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. My Lord, this is literally written here. Do you see? It? I literally wrote here, bold, because I must not forget. It. Forget. It. The Holy Spirit spoke to me last night. Like we walk by faith, not by sight. Wait, wait, wait. Calm down. It was not we run by faith. It was not we hustle our way by faith, you know, we do everything. It says we walk by faith. And walk says one thing. Confidence. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. That I might, y'all y'all can keep stressing, y'all can keep fuzzing, and y'all can keep losing y'all's heads. But I'ma just walk my way to my miracle. Say, say it with me, everybody say, I will walk, I will walk my way, my way to, my to my miracle. Say it again, I will walk, I will walk my, way my way to my miracle. You know, you feel like sometimes time's not on your side. You feel like, oh, how do I do this? God, you promised me, <laughs> like Abraham. God, you made this promise to me 15 years ago. I will just give all of my properties to Eliza of Damascus. God's like, nope. Matter of fact, your gives your son. And it's like, oh yeah, shoot. He just he just spoiled the entire thing. He promised me 25 years. I still don't have a son. For 100 years old Abraham. By the way, a pastor once said everything under the hood was gone. That is everything that could make a man reproduce was gone. Fried, done, cooked egg with bread, done. Everything that would make a woman. You know, you know, Sarah, have a child, skipping rope, gone. But still, you see, are you not getting this thing? The reason God it feels like God is hesitating before he answers you is because he wants to show you how big he is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. right? If if he always answered when you wanted him, how you want you want him to, there will be no room for him to really show himself as God. Because Jesus saw the disciples long before they were ever going to get stuck in a seat. But do you know what and do you know what do you know what Jesus did? The Bible says he went up and he prayed. So long before you ever even got in that place of temptation, trials, someone is praying for you. Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we do not have a high priest who is on our way of the struggles we face, our limitations the temptations that we are rattled by and rattled with every week. We do not have someone who does not know these things, mm-hmm. but instead we have ourselves a high priest, who would stand in the courts of heaven and intercede on our behalf. Yes sir, hallelujah. So he's both, is both God and ghost. Yes sir. Do you know the ghost? The Holy Ghost. Yes sir. Yo, he is dog. come on give God a big clap, come on. Show how big he is, come on. Woo! He's both God and Ghost. So y'all, when next you feel like tripping, I probably should subtitle my sermon, Stop Tripping. Right? Because Jesus never trips, y'all. He never. never. He always walked. But if anything, this tells me that He is God and Ghost, right? He is the Holy Ghost. He has power. He is able. Amen now. Amen let's just let's just stop moving around and just close our eyes right now and just first of all let's repent of how tiny and small we think God to be We thought of God to be small we, we think him to be tiny right and this is how this is how he knows this is how I know right the way you have struck the way you have imagined even his response right the way you have imagined what he might be thinking right now You think of God so little, that you don't even think God can heal. You think of God so little, that you don't think God can make things happen. You think of God so little, that you don't think God can stop an entire thing just for you. Everybody open your eyes. Look at me. Look at me. Everybody. One day, I was in in a vehicle and a thought crossed my mind and it was like, what if something happens, you know, maybe this car, you know, some assault or something like that. this just came across my mind. Swear to God, this will across my mind. I said this, and it, it might be stupid confidence, but I love it. I said, I said, I think God loves me too much that even if everybody in this boss is meant to die, I can because I'm in this boss. I can I can die, and nothing can happen. If anything, everything can happen, and somehow I'm i myself by the side of the road as a spectator, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I believe so much that God can literally interrupt the plan of an entire organization because yes. I am not there yet. Yes, sir. But if only you would understand, this would make you start st- stop tripping, mm-hmm. right? So many, oh my god, how would I do I, I'm not supposed to do this, but yo, know, my sister can be crazy. Um, my sister has this thing when something is very close, she loses her cool. Oh my god, she's like, oh my god, oh my god how would I, oh my god, oh, oh my god. And, and honestly, I'm not even looking at it in that direction, right? I'm, not, I'm choosing not to look in that direction. Um, Honestly, every time I see it, I'm annoyed because I'm like, yo, you know better than this. Because we describe our knowledge of God, right, by our response to things that we are faced with. Mm -hmm. How much do you know God? I don't need to ask twice. All I need to really do is see how you respond to things. How do you respond when you're broke? How do you respond when life is hard? We walk by faith, but you forgot. You want to run by faith. Do you want faith or want fear? Because fear, see running, yeah just things. Running, you know like I said earlier, the the response to to fear is what? Fight or flight. And so you say you want to to walk by faith, but really it's you trying to run your way. But you cannot run when it comes to faith, because faith doesn't even know what next, the next step is. So if, you, if I don't know what the next step is, I don't know about you, I can't run. I can, imagine running when it's dark in a road you've never really tra- tra- uh, passed before, t- threaded before. You, are, you don't know what, what, what's, what's up front. So if, I know, if, anything, if, if faith teaches me anything, it's to what? Walk. I don't know what's coming next. I'm walking. I'm walking towards my miracle. I'm walking towards that next thing. I believe somehow God is positioning me at the right place at the right time. Right? Do you not believe God can do that? Put you at the right place at the right time? That you don't need to connect your way through it? You don't need to hook up your way through it? You don't need to plan your way through it? You don't need to try to uh, 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 pull these things by yourself. All you really need to do is just rest and know that He is done. Eyes closed, ears bound, across this place. Father God, we admit that we have a poor revelation of you. A poor, uh, sick revelation of who you are. And it reflects so much, God, it reflects and we see it every time. In how we deal with life, how we handle circumstances, how we handle problems, how our, how the enemy finds it very easy to steal our peace away. God, we see it and we are so sorry, God, our puny minds, We naturally cannot even comprehend the beauty and magnanimity of your person. God, and so whenever we try to, wherever we we have tried to box you in the the past, we are sorry, Holy Spirit. Father God, we ask God that you give us a new revelation of you, God. That you are bigger than the Jesus we thought we knew. You know, the teddy bear God, not the God who's always wrapping his hand around a lamb. You are a master shepherd who is skilled in the art of shepherding. Meaning you would not send your flocks ahead knowing fully whether they would fall off a cliff. You will not send us if you want us to drown in the middle of the storm. God, if you send us, then you have gone ahead of us. Yes, sir. And we have this confidence, God, that he who has spoken a thing, who, who has begun a good work inside of us, would be faithful to carry it on to completion. And the one who has called us is faithful because if he has said it, we trust, oh God, that you will do it. We exalt your name, God. We praise you. If I can get like five people who believe God, come on, give God a big hand right now.